Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Autism. I'm Michelle Davey and this is my co-host, Christelle. Hiya, Christelle. I am excited as always about today. What are you excited about? Go on, tell me what's going to be happening. I just get so excited and enthusiastic about the guests each week. I'm like, yes, who are we going to speak to? I I love the interaction on Instagram. I love our interaction with our guests everyone like messaging us and the positivity I suppose the positivity that we're having and yeah I just I just feel super excited about everything to be honest Chris just excited yeah, kind of person we had a good convo with everyone on Instagram we had a good rant didn't we this week about um the ridiculous things or outrageous things that people have said to us about our, oh, our yeah. children right yeah, that was good, wasn't it? Yeah, we did a sort of question and answer. The most ridiculous, outrageous thing somebody has said to you about your autistic child. Oh my God, Christelle. When I was reading through them and putting them back up, there were some brutal ones there, weren't there? Oh, there was. Yeah, I think there's one, uh, someone asked them, were you drinking and smoking <laughs> when you were pregnant? I know. I think we definitely need to dedicate an episode to this about these misconceptions people have of autism and additional educational needs because some of them were just so so shocking it was uh, it was a good laugh on there weren't it i know it wasn't a laugh because they're not things really to laugh about but i think if you if you don't laugh you get yourself annoyed it's good good to laugh and release it that way isn't it those stresses yeah and I, I think it was a good stress relief for everyone yeah definitely we'll do a few more like that i think but the rest of the week i mean i tell you what i haven't been feeling very well i've got kidney infection i am prone to them do you know like before you have kids and all you do is you just curl up in your duvet and that is it ain't it you just get better but when you've got kids kids, they'll be jumping in especially yeah especially kids with like additional educational needs I just didn't have a minute's peace. And not being funny, the elder two sort of knew I was poorly, being nice, but it was the constant fussing, like, let's help mummy feel better and getting their doctor's kit and sticking it down my ear hole and everything. Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't have a chance to sit there and just rest. So they thought they were helping, but to you it was like, no, no. Thanks, but no thanks. (laughs) Yeah, I just needed to curl into that ball and just lay there with a hot water bottle across the back of my kidneys. That is all I wanted to do. And uh, yeah, I'm sort of on day three now, but yeah, we're on the mend. But just better now, yeah? Yeah, definitely feeling a little bit better, but it definitely sort of brings it home, doesn't it? How much life changes once you're a a parent. (laughs) The difference is. But yeah, really looking forward to today's guest. So we've got Lacey coming on and she made the decision for her child to go to specialist school, to a special educational needs school. So really looking forward to hearing what she's got to say and, and you know, what she's going to tell us about that. Yeah, that should be really good because I don't really know much about um, the specialist schools. So it'll be good to learn something new. Yeah, no, me neither. So let's get Lacey on. Come on, Lacey. Really pleased to welcome in to the podcast today on Let's Talk Autism. We have got Lacey. Hello, Lacey. Hi. Hiya, Lacey. So we're following each other on Instagram. And where can we find you on Instagram? So I'm at Lacey 
underscore healthy mind body skin okay now Lacey we got chatting because we were talking about the podcast and you told me that your eldest son is autistic yes so tell us a little bit about his diagnosis and about your children and your family life Cash is 10 and he has got Asperger's he was diagnosed when he was about five um, which took a really long time to be honest to get a diagnosis just through referrals being declined and different GP appointments and things like that so it took us quite a while to get a diagnosis for him but obviously we're five years on from that diagnosis now yeah we're just trying to juggle obviously it's different in lockdown with Covid and everything but just trying to juggle work and school and different things around his autism and we've now got a wee girl who is 18 months as well so kind of adding that into the mix it's we've got quite a busy family life yeah so you'll know that yourself just today <laughs> life it can be it can be challenging at times but yeah just just busy mum life really my husband works quite a lot of hours yeah just juggling that juggling school juggling everything day to day yeah so your son is now at a specialist school isn't he yes uh-huh. So he attends a school specifically for children with additional support needs, um, again, which was really difficult to, to get. Um, he did attend a mainstream school for four years and then he was referred on to a school which is a mainstream school, but it has a communication language unit attached to it. So what so sort of went- age was that that this sort of the school said to you like we want to refer him or was that your decision no that was my decision um well it was kind of a joint decision but it was mostly because me and my husband really pushed for extra support for him because he just wasn't coping in mainstream school at all and we had been asking for extra support for about a year and we just kept getting told that we wouldn't get it he didn't meet the requirements for it but he just wasn't coping with day-to-day school life so did he have an ehcp at this point no a diagnosis yeah he had oh oh, sorry a support worker i don't know if there's a difference because of obviously we're in england you're in scotland we have something called an ehcp it used to be called a statement and it kind of outlines that they'll have one-to-one support or like as a fund of money and support for your child once they've got a diagnosis or uh, not always the case is there anything similar we, it we must be a different have, process we didn't have that but he, he did have a support plan in place okay. which was so he did have a, a support worker in class with him which was a one-to-one person with him but even with that support in place he just wasn't coping at all. He couldn't even be in the classroom. He actually had to be in a room on his own with a support worker every day. And he just he used to run away and things like that from, from the school. The levels were just so extreme that he just couldn't cope in that environment. So after a year of asking for additional support, I actually had to remove him from the school because he just wasn't able... I don't think they were able to provide the support that he needed I don't think it was a case of that he just wasn't getting it I think they just they just couldn't handle the situation so just for his safety and his well-being I decided to remove him from school within a week of doing that he had a place at another school which had the communication and language unit attached to it so he was there for about six months and it was going quite well and then all the kind of usual things all started to kick in again and that's when as a kind of local authority, they decided that they didn't have 
the resources to support them in a school within the council. So they then looked at other options for them, with obviously us making the decision as well. So they did find a school that is specifically for children with additional support needs. And up until lockdown happened, he was doing really well there. There's like 22 children in the whole school and they all come from kind of different backgrounds and different areas in the UK. They've got a really good support system in that school. It's all quite active learning, so they're never in the kind of one classroom. They've got different kind of areas of the school. They've got an art department, they've got a tech department, they've got lots of outdoor learning and things going on, which really suits him a lot better because then he's not stuck at a desk and he's not stuck in the one classroom all day. Is it a residential school then, Lacey? They do have some residential children, but he attends as a day child, so he just goes on a day-to-day basis. I wanted to ask, what differences did you see from him being in the mainstream school and now going to a specialist school? And what what, what were the positive changes that you saw in him? So when he was in mainstream school, I think the classrooms were just very busy. So he had around about 33 children in his mainstream class, which was obviously just a very busy environment. The school itself had about 900 pupils. So things like entering the school, the playground was super busy. The lunch hall was super busy. Obviously the teacher having a class that size, how can you support a child like that with all those other pupils? And again, I think for the other pupils as well, it's not fair for them to have to maybe watch that and deal with that and then they miss out on certain aspects of their education. And I always kind of have that in my head as well. You've got, I think you've got to think about the whole picture, not just one child. So I think just the aspect of the busyness of the environment was a major factor. So when he moved to this specialist school, so the class size of three, 22 children in the whole school, and there's outdoor learning that goes on every day which he was always a lover of anyway being outdoors and just learning through being active and playing I think is a big factor for him and do you how do you and your husband feel now you've made a decision is it a relief was it you know was it very difficult to make that decision in the first place and how do you feel now I wouldn't say it was difficult to make the decision it was definitely probably took a lot of courage to trust new people and trust that because this is school number three so it was a you know is it going to be the right thing for him what if it's the wrong thing again and then we have to look at other options is that just going to unsettle him even more but actually what we've found is it's probably the best decision we've made so far because he's more settled which means we are less anxious and worried we don't get phone calls every day we actually get positive phone calls more than the negative phone calls which is lovely um, they so always nice. make sure yes yeah, it's really nice and it's just such a, a such a big difference so they always make sure that their phone is on a day-to-day basis if he's you know if he's just done something that he's enjoyed or he's made progress with something they'll always make sure that they phone us and let us know so there's always a positive note in there which is really nice and they've been great during lockdown as well, just phoning us, sending um, care packages and just they've just been so supportive. It's been lovely. I was going to ask how your son coped during lockdown. Like obviously he's changed schools. Uh, was that quite recent? How long has he been in this school? Yeah, so he's not been in that school long. He's been there from about October, maybe. I can never remember specific dates because there's so much that goes on day to day. 
but yeah, during lockdown, the first kind of three, four weeks, I would say, were actually really, really good because he wants to be at home with us. So that's a safe, happy place. So that's where he wants to be. So I think he took it as a, you know, oh, I get to be at home with mum and dad because we were, well, my husband was, he wasn't working. So he was at home full time, which never happens. I was still working two days throughout, which, you know, that wasn't a lot. It was only two days a week. So we had a really strict kind of plan in place for him the first four weeks, which was working really well. And then it just kind of started to die down a wee bit where he kind of got, you know, he wasn't really interested in following the, the structure we had in place for him. And he didn't really want to go outside as much. And I think he just got a bit fed up and a bit bored of doing the same things all the time. And obviously at the beginning, it was really difficult because we couldn't go go to many places. We couldn't see grandparents. So it just kind of started to go downhill a wee bit. And the past few weeks have been really difficult. I think he's just totally fed up with me now. <laughs> so say, did you return him to school? Because I know my son was offered a place back in England that the children that had special educational needs or additional educational needs were offered places back first. Was that, is that the case in Scotland? I know your lockdown has been quite different to our lockdown in some ways, but we won't get political. <laughs> yeah. So I know that um, mainstream children who had both parents that were key workers were offered, like it was called a hub placement, but Tasha School didn't offer that and I think it is probably because they do have residential children so I think they were trying to keep them in bubbles just to keep obviously them and keep staff safe but what they did do was they sent out a classroom assistant once a week to spend an hour with them just outside they still did the social distancing and she just like took him out and kicked a ball around or she brought a kite some days and they just went out oh. for an hour and played or they went for a walk. So no, he didn't go to school, but they did. There was alternative support there, mm. which was really good of them to do that. Yeah, that's really good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's really good. Um, I was going to ask, you know, does Cash ever ask about his old school? Does he ever say to you that he misses it? Or is he has he been able to transition to like his new schools quite smoothly? Do you know, he's, he talks about his old school sometimes, but not a lot. He actually didn't really have many friends in his first school. To be honest, I don't think he was ever really accepted in his first school. He did have one or two friends who we kind of did keep in touch with a wee bit. But no, he mentions it from time to time, but not very often. He mentions the second school that he went to more than he did the first school. And he was only there for about six months. And Mm. I think it was just because he was with children that he could maybe relate to a wee bit better. So he made quite good friends with one of the wee girls who we've kind of kept in touch with. We've not seen her, obviously, for quite a while, but, um, yeah, I do plan to get like a kind of play date arranged with them, so that would be nice. But he talks about the children in his new school quite, quite a bit and the staff quite a lot as well. So he obviously has settled there and he does enjoy being there, which is mm, a nice. major plus for us because before he he just didn't want to go to school he just didn't want to be there at all so it's nice that because he gets a taxi back he gets a taxi to and from school so I don't even take him and he's quite happy no school run yes yeah I know (laughs) but it's quite far from us it's not in our it's not um, within our local council it's about half an hour 40 minutes drive so he gets a taxi there and back and he's happy to go in the taxi and he's happy to go into school and he's happy when he comes home so yeah it's a 
it's a major plus. Oh, it sounds so positive and it's such a positive change to his life. And, you know, yeah. I think you definitely made the right decision with moving from mainstream. That's really positive hearing your experience because I always yeah. wonder, am I doing the right thing? Should he be, should I keep him in mainstream? And I just worry so much when he's older that with bullying and things like that and how he reacts because he can be quite violent and lash out. And yeah. I think he's so big for his age. Yeah, Cash is a bit like that too. I mean, not so much now as he was maybe, I think your wee boy's six, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so probably around about that age, he was quite the same. And that was always a worry for me as well because he would lash out in school. And now he doesn't do that as much. There is days where he still does do that, but less frequent. So with maturity, they maybe just, they start to learn that that that's not acceptable and they learn maybe how to control that a wee bit better as well. And do you think this this sort of specialist school help was a sort of emotional side of dealing with their own autism and Asperger's? Do you know what I mean? Like if there was in mainstream, would that be a focus of how to deal with their emotions more? You know, I know my son does sort of sensory circuits and things like that to help him be calm. But surely if they're in a specialist school, if that is something they're struggling with, with their tempers and things like that, it's more of a focus on that and how to... Yeah. Yeah, I think they do definitely focus on that a lot more. I think it's the time factor. I think because they've got less children, they've got more adults and they're way more experienced. They've got time to sit and discuss after if there's been an incident or something's happened, they've got time to sit and discuss it with every individual child. Whereas maybe in the old mainstream school, there was so many children that they just didn't have that time, which is a shame because it's just so important. Like the whole emotional and health and wellness side of it is just so important. And it's repetition as well. So you've got to think of the more they hear something, the more they're going to learn that what's acceptable and what's not acceptable if that makes sense yeah it just seems such a positive step so please you come on and spoke to us about it and our conversations that we've been having on instagram as well if you'd like to tell everyone where they can follow you on instagram because you're not just you know it's not an autism mum account as such as it you're some fitness mind guru what is it that you do (laughs) sell yourself Lacey. so i've got (laughs) a few different things that I do so I work in early years which I do just part-time Um, I've been doing that for quite a number of years now I've also got a salon that I run with my two sisters so I do hearing makeup in there and I've also got an online health and wellness business with Arbonne and I've just recently started my running journey <laughs> so I do wow. a bit of everything <laughs> But to be honest, all the health and wellness and fitness stuff is all just for my mental health. It's because I think that's something that probably affects most autism parents. I think you've just got to make sure you check in with yourself and make you're okay. Because if you're not okay, then how are your kids going to be okay? Yeah, definitely. Just that you've got to take care of yourself first. Yeah, definitely. Find me at Lacey underscore healthy mind, body, skin. And my beauty page is also on that on that page as well. So you can find that too. The full package. She's superwoman. (laughs) That's what she's telling us. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Put me to shame, I tell you. Thanks so much, Lacey. Thanks so so much much for having me on. Oh, that was so nice hearing from Lacey. She seems such a chilled person. That's just not the person I am, Christelle, but Lacey seems such a chilled human being. Yeah, she seems very zen. 
that's the yeah. word zen definitely gonna i'm definitely gonna look into more of a post on her instagram page there and mm. see if i can get myself some of that chilled out vibe yeah i think she made she made such an important point you know when we're parents and we're throwing ourselves into our children we do need to make that time for our mental health and our physical health as well just take care of yourself do something for yourself that's going to help you to just be you and help you to be a better person a better parent what do you think mish yeah i do do some of that mindfulness i try i've got one of those like little journals that you write in to say five good things about the day but i struggle <laughs> just like oh god i don't know what to write here do you look, do you look at the glass half empty or half full <laughs> half empty kind of gal i tell you oh gosh no, i am quite positive you know i'm quite positive other things but sometimes if you're having a really bad day it's mm. just a bit like oh it's just emotionally draining ain't it it is emotionally draining but you know what picks me up during the week sometimes what? reading some of your blogs michelle <laughs> <laughs> You know, I do like it. I like your latest post. Autistic, not naughty. Not naughty. And it's very informative because it it lets people know about some of the things that you might see when you're out and about, but not really know about, you know, and you go into depth in explaining, which is really, really good. I'm glad glad I educated you, Chris. Thank you so so much. I I aim to educate. Yeah, I've been, do you know what, Chris, you've inspired me with your blog, Guardians of the Precious, you know, to start blogging again. I think I put my blog on a bit of a back burner. And as we're saying about, it's hard for me to get any sort of time out, to be honest with the kids. But reading and writing have always just been my thing. Like, I love just doing some writing, working on loads of different projects, writing wise, Mm. behind the scene. And it does help me just to sort of, I don't know, it just takes me out of reality a little bit. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I've been enjoying blogging again. I'm I'm thankful to you for showing me the way back into the world of blogging and <laughs> restarting. Yeah, it my is blog. hard, like you said. Like, like I said, we we live busy busy lifestyles, and um, we're doing so many different things. So I don't post as much as I you know I would like to, and I don't like to just post anything. That's the that's the thing. I want it to be you know something anything. that people are going to be interested in. So you know, I recently posted about um, minding your own business. <laughs> But it was more to do with, you know, sometimes you, you, you see it all the time, don't you? You're out and about and you love one child kicking off about something. And then, you know, there's so many things that might go through your mind. And I was just like, you know what? We just need to be supportive of each other because we don't actually know what's really going on in that person's life. That's it. I hate that. I hate it when people like get involved. But in other times, like with mine, I'm, I mean, I read your blog and then my blog was actually along the sort of similar sort of themes, really. Preconceptions of what is going on in a situation. And, right. you know, once I was really struggling, pushing boss baby in the pram when he was littler and I had middle son really going into one and I could see middle son running into the road. Like that's what in my mind was going to happen. He was going to run off from me. And you know what it's like when you've got a newborn and you're trying to push them in a pram and I just didn't know what to do I was just I just stood there and I just thought I'm trying to hold on to his hand trying to push the pram with the other and then this lady just come up behind me and was like let me push the pram for you and I couldn't even speak do you know when you just I was so Mm -hmm. choked up and overwhelmed at that point a tiny baby screaming his head off in the pram. I had the, my son going to full blown meltdown and her just pushing that pram for me. That just that, that little gesture just made my day, you know, yeah. just made everything a little bit better. But I you do get, never, but then you got other times and you go, oh, we, 
you know, I had it in the doctor's surgery and someone say to me, someone say to my son, you won't get any presents from Santa, will you, behaving like that? And I was just like, <laughs> who do you think you are speaking to my son like that? Like, and my son was just so upset, so traumatized. And you know what? He never, ever stepped into that doctor's again. It was, oh, no. I had to move doctors because he was so traumatized by that woman getting in his face That's and saying thing, that to him. It? You don't know whether you stepping in, is it going to make the situation better or is it going to make it worse? You just don't know, do you? No. Have you got any plans this week? Six weeks holidays? Jetting off anywhere. It's my son's birthday. So we're just going to be having lots of fun. Lots of fun. And I do hope to go away this summer, but it probably won't be abroad. We're going to explore England. Let's explore England. That sounds, yeah, that sounds wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And I wish eldest son the best of birthdays and hope oh, thank you very much michelle <laughs> <laughs> i won't be singing happy birthday to him like you did with with my daughter you sent her a lovely happy birthday message but yeah. i sound like a strangled cat compared to you do you know my kids were talking about starting a band right and then middle <laughs> son said yeah and mummy can be the singer and then my eldest daughter said hmm maybe mummy could put the songs on the radio and <laughs> And Auntie Christelle could do the singing for the band. I was like, um, <laughs> excuse me. I like the way they sing. They're so cool. <laughs> Love it. Just shunned, shunned by my own kids. I tell ya. But have a great week, everyone. You can find us over on at Let's Talk Autism on Instagram. And you can find us on Twitter. You can find Christelle at Guardians of the Precious over on Instagram. And me at the Cockney Blog Girl. It's been amazing. We're going to start doing live chats on Instagram. That's going to be our thing. So if you want to get involved, send us a message over there and see us live. Because this is all edited and we edit out all the swears and all the bad stuff Christelle says. See you later, everybody. Okay. (laughs) Use on mute. You couldn't even respond to me.